Welcome to Z DevOps Talks. I am Chris Sales. I'm joined uh, by Shalini Mohan and uh, Will Yates. Will, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Will, we are so glad to have you on as a guest. Um, we uh, we've worked together on a few things, I think. But rather than me introducing you, um, why don't you just uh, why don't you why don't you just introduce yourself? Tell us what you do at IBM here. Okay, so I'm Will Yates. I'm the test architect for Kix Transaction Server, and I'm also one of the leads for the Galassa project, which is an open source integration test framework that we've been working on for the last couple of years now. Awesome. Yeah, Galassa. That's a that's a, a big Galassa Galassa, which is it? Um we just say Galassa, but I think that could just be our English pronunciation getting in the way. Um I've heard lots of people say Galassa. Uh, and to be fair, um, I don't care what you call it. I just want people to use it. <laughs> I was going to say it could be like a basil, basil situation kind of thing, probably. Yeah, but then you, you also, you know, we say herb and you say herb, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, well, some yeah. of in the U.S. we do that, but in Canada, I've heard it as herb as well. Well, you see, there is yeah, a H at the beginning of the sentence, uh, sorry, 50, at the beginning 50. of the word. Yeah, Shalini, you you are uh, you live in Canada, um, mm -hmm. yes. so can can you confirm herb versus herb? Honestly, I've heard both here too, and I think Canada goes very fifty fifty. Obviously, it's very diverse as well, so we have people from all over. Um, but I've heard herb, and I've heard herb, but more often it's herb actually. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I like the direction this talk's gone already. We've completely deviated from technology. Uh, we're going to have a lot of tangents. That's why we have the editing session later on. Ah, so this is, yeah, post production is amazing, but also we like to keep it light. Speaking of which, um, so we generally like to try to hunt around and do a little bit of background research on our guests. And um, I had seen. Um, you know, the normal stuff with your LinkedIn profile, you know, uh, your education background, your technical background, job experience. But what I want to know more about is the game show Nightmare. Were you, did you watch this show? Are you a fan or? I, I, I am a huge fan of, of Nightmare. I was never involved. I never got to um, participate in the show. Um, but yes, I, I do like the show Nightmare. I am very interested to know where you got that reference from, though. Those things we can't tell you. I can't. Ah, I can't. Okay. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Twitter, Twitter. It's always it's always Twitter. <laughs> um, I saw the, so Nightmare, which is part of the. It's a part of a, a, a. Is it the DC universe or is it the Marvel universe, or is it oh, way before that? I think it. I, well, I the Nightmare that I would um, kind of reference was a, a, a TV show. Um, in um back in the 1980s um where it was a kid's show where basically they uh, wore this helmet which meant they couldn't see anything but uh, directly um the, the ground directly underneath them and they had to navigate through some virtual reality constructed environments um and they had um advisors who were watching the output of the vr and they were saying you know walk forward um sidestep to the left sidestep to the right to kind of guide the, the dungeoneers, they were called, through um, these virtual rea reality constructed environments. It was very cool. It was very much of its time. Um, I think most of it was done on like an Amiga personal computer, most of the construction of the um, the dungeons. But it was just very cool because it kind of, I, at the time I played a bit of Dungeons and Dragons as a kid, and 
it was kind of making Dungeons and Dragons and those kind of scenarios that our dungeon master would construct for us real for the first time. You know, it was like playing Dungeons and Dragons, but in on the TV, it was awesome. Nice. Yeah, I um I actually did a little bit of D&D myself. Um and Magic the Magic cards when those come out, those came out, those fun. And it's always fun these like like this just you get you get lost in it. And also that it's it's just like those those game shows back then were so cool. Were so really really cool, especially like that that virtual reality sort of situation that they all um that they kind of they brought your mind to different places and that was really cool. Yeah, I I think it's as a kid I was you know I, I loved J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, books, you know, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, and I loved that kind of uh, lo-fi kind of adventuring. So I'm very into um, kind of uh, escape rooms and um, uh, board games and that kind of thing where you kind of have to construct a imaginary world where this adventure is taking place. And yeah, just seeing that kind of stuff on TV just that was just very cool it was kind of like making it real for the first time it was, mm-hmm. it, it was a, a lovely part of uh, my my childhood yeah speaking of you know your childhood and growing up yeah we we did a little bit, bit of research on your education so you attended university of portsmouth am i saying that am i pronouncing that correctly yeah yeah university of portsmouth yeah okay awesome so tell us a little bit more about how you decided to get into computer science and then that journey leading up to uh your your career sure um wow you guys really have done your background research um this is yeah that's what we do here it's it's quite scary actually um (laughs) Um, right. We only yes, use so, our powers for good, I promise. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, that, that's, fan, that's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I studied at the University of Portsmouth. And what your uh, research didn't pull up is that I actually did my degree um, combined with working with IBM. So Right. Time, I do see, IBM, actually, I do see a note about that here. Yes. Tell us more about that. Okay. So um, IBM at the time used to run a, um, wasn't a scholarship, it was a, uh, an integrated degree scheme where you got hired by, by IBM on a three-year contract and mm-hmm. you spent two days a week um, at university um, on like day release to go and study. Um, and then you spent the other three days working within IBM, um, you know, provide, do, doing some, you know, doing a day job. Um, and it was, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience because you got that integration between not only the academic side of things, but how that academic tuition was being practiced in the real world. And so you would be talking to the lecturers and they'd be saying things like, of course, in all industries, we will test to 100% satisfaction. And we were coming back and saying, yeah, yeah no company's going to do 100%. You can't test software right. 100%. That's impossible. And we would never ship software if we, t- if we tried to do that. So where how do you work out when enough testing is enough so it was having that insight of how the real world applied some Mm -hmm. of these things that was absolutely fascinating it was cool it was a it was really nice at the end of it as well to have a degree but also to say I've also got three years work experience with IBM and um you know all of the background information that that brings yeah I completely agree I had a very similar experience with IBM as well through my undergrad and I think it's so valuable to have that practical experience and take that back and integrate that into your academics because a lot of what you're taught in university 
it doesn't exactly translate the same way in the real world, right? Especially in a business setting, you're doing things to improve efficiency. So it's not always done the way there it's prescribed to you. So yeah, I'm sure that was a really valuable experience. Um, and then, you know, what happened from there, take us into your sort of your early career. And then I see that you've worked at a, I mean, it seems like you've worked at a couple different places before you sort of came back to IBM. Um, no. So I, I finished my three years um, okay. and I reapplied to IBM to join the uh, software labs. Okay. And I was successful and I joined the uh, the Kicks team or uh, to translate the CICS team uh, for you guys okay. gotcha. um, as a tester within the, the, the Kicks organization. So um, the, the first job I had to do when I rejoined was I had to speak to HR because formally I'd been made unemployed at the end of my three year uh, contract and then I was reemployed. Unfortunately, the time in between those two dates was literally a weekend. Um, mm. And I wasn't planning to work the weekend anyway. So I had to speak to HR say, is there any day, any chance we can backdate my reference start date you know, by three years? Because I've kind of been in continuous employment. And uh, yeah, they, they let that happen. It was cool. Awesome. So how did you kind of end up to the position you're at now? How did you navigate that? Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if it was luck um, or uh, I don't think there was a, a, a plan really to say, hey, this is where I want to be in, in 10 or 20 years time. Um, I just really got stuck in to the work we were doing. At the time, we were putting web services into Kicks, and that was a really big thing, a big effort. So there was plenty of work to be involved in. And I just really kind of just threw myself into it. it. It was just, it was this whole new world of, um, you know, stuff that I could get involved in and I could contribute to and do. And I then found as we, you know, migrated and I, I got some other little roles and did some other little bits. I then, you then get to that position where you start saying, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did, if we changed our process to do this instead of the way we're currently doing things? And right. you start making little changes. and. I think that is where, when, you know, you start to grow in kind of your, your technical eminence as you're trying different things out and you're suggesting new ideas and different ways of solving, you know, a, a problem. And I, I've stayed in kicks pretty much all of my career uh, mm -hmm. today. Um, and I've always kind of been within the test space. Um, so I started off as a, a functional tester. And then... Um, we had a split and we kind of moved our system test team into a different group. Um, mm. And I was asked if I wanted to be a system tester. So I did that for a bit. And during that time, we got lots of people, um, you know, be, being our, our system test team lead. And I kind of looked at the kind of stuff they were doing. And said, I quite like that idea. I'd, I'd like to do that. And so when the next team lead moved on, I just spoke to my manager and said, would you be willing to give me the chance to see if I could you know, have a go at doing that role? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So I moved into that space. And from that point, I really think my career within test kind of started to accelerate because I started to um, come up with new ways of kind of guiding our test process or guiding the way we did things in test. Right. And then I um, got promoted to the role of test architect. So kind of having a, a leadership role in the way that we handle 
the quality of our products and the mm -hmm. way that we um, kind of embed that quality into the software we deliver. Um, and then it was at that time we looked at the test automation suite that we had and what it did. And um, we decided that actually giving that to our clients or our, our clients were showing interest in it. Um, and that's how the Galassa project came about. Right. Yeah, Galassa. So Galassa um, recently, I want to say it was summer of this year, there was um, some noise around Z Virtual Test Platform, ZT, ZVTP, and yeah, yeah and Galassa. Um, so Z Virtual Test Platform and Galassa, the, the big, I don't want to say merger. I mean, their collaboration. Yeah. Like, yeah. what yeah. are they talking about? And yeah, can you can you speak to kind of why you thought they were a natural fit for for the two to be to to collaborate together and work together? And I think they almost have this synergetic effect. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think a lot of our clients, especially on Z, are now really starting to mature their CI CD ambitions, mm -hmm. and a major part of that is doing automated tests. And that was kind of split into pre-deployment testing and post-deployment testing. And IBM has a set of tools kind of in the, the post-deployment testing, but there was nothing to really integrate them together. Um, okay. If I want to fully test my my deployed application, I'm going to have to use some, you know different platforms, different tools, different technologies. And there was a need to have something to integrate all those bits together. Mm -hmm. Now, ZVTP and ZUnit, handle things brilliantly for the pre-deployment testing but post-deployment there was a, a gap in the market to say how do we really do enterprise level um scalable high throughput testing of a enterprise large-scale application and that's the kind of thing that galassa can do really well so packaging or redistributing galassa um within virtual test platform means that our clients' ambitions can now scale beyond just doing um, pre-deployment testing to doing the full you know, end-to-end -end integration testing through using the capabilities of Galassa. Right. Nice. So, so that's, that's the collaboration piece. Um, is there, are there any sort of, were there any updates from version one to version two that you wanted to highlight for, you know, be the, when that collaboration came to be? So version two is when the collaboration actually um, first got released, and that was in June of this year. Um, and what we're looking at doing is, as we constantly add new capabilities to the open source Galassa project, to add those capabilities also into the distribution for Galassa, so that that's kept up to date. Um, and there's things that we're looking at to kind of say, well, now we've got these two products in, in, in the same packaging, in the same box, as it were. Um, what can we do in terms of you know, collaborating between those two bits of software? What's the, what's the value add that makes them even more valuable to coexist in the same packaging? Now, we're not quite sure what they are, but we've done some tech demos of things that we think could be useful. And we've shown these to some customers to kind of say, hey, if, if Galassa could do this, and then you could feed that back into VTP, what kind of scenarios would that allow you to now start to implement? And we started to have some of those conversations. And 
it's really good. It's really cool, actually, to be able to share some of these cutting edge ideas and new concepts with clients and just see them going, yeah, no, that would be perfect because, because that would allow us to fill this gap or allow us to implement this thing that we couldn't implement any other way. Um, so I think that collaboration is still in a really early stage, but um, we'll have to wait and see what comes next. Awesome. I am going to actually jump back a little bit because I had this question since you had mentioned you pretty much, you know, dedicated your entire career so far to testing. I've got to ask, you know, why, why testing specifically? Why do you think it's such an important integral piece of software development in the cycle? Give us your testing philosophy, if you uh, may. I, I, I just adore software testing. I, it's, it's a, I don't know what drew me to wanting to test software, but I just loved the idea of reading or examining the piece of um, an algorithm and kind of finding the edge cases or the things that would cause that algorithm to break. And then um, on, my, on my shelf in my little uh, home office, I've got a book called uh, The Art of Software Testing by Glenford Myers, mm-hmm. who um, he was a, an IBMer. Um, yeah, I know that book. It's an awesome book. It really is a, a brilliant book. And I'm trying to f- flick um, to, it's, it's the beginning of the book, um, when he's talking about the psychology of um, economics and program testing. And he talks about, you're not trying to prove that software um, works. Um, that's not the point of software testing. The point of software right. testing is to prove that software doesn't fail. And exactly. yep. a lot of the time, from a logical viewpoint, proving that some, you know, they sound equivalent. But it's the mental model that you're building that changes so drastically when you are saying, I'm going to prove that something doesn't fail. Because if I'm going right. to prove that something works... I'm going to give it, you know, I'm going to go down the golden path. I'm going to do what I expect everyone to do. Yeah. But you're not going to take care of the edge cases. Precisely. And it's that type of level of thinking that um, I really enjoy. Writing good automated tests, that's, that's really quite complex engineering work. Absolutely. Because, you know, you, you, you guys know, actually building software and, and testing software, it's a dynamic activity, Right. I, I've, I've never met anyone who wrote a test plan and then was able to carry that test plan out from test case one to test case N and never learn anything about the software that they were testing. Um, most of the time they get to around about the fifth test case in and it's like, ah, I've learned something about the software that makes this test plan now not as good as it was. I need to, right. I need to re-plan, mm. I need to rework, I need well, to redesign I- something. And I think that's why this whole sort of philosophy that we have of shift left testing is so important of including that earlier in the cycle, uh, because it is a very sort of, it's not a one-off process. It's included in the development cycle. And the earlier you test, the earlier you can iterate and make those changes. So Absolutely. Because the, the cost of not doing that is severe. Um, one of the things that we we try and do internally is when we're analyzing a, a piece of software that we're about to construct is what is the riskiest thing that could go wrong mm-hmm. by, if it was implementing this piece of software 
and what do we need to do to mitigate that risk as early in the process as we can? Because th th that risk may be, well, uh, we're implementing a, a big algorithm that could have, um, you know, it could have a memory leak or uh, it may not work well under load or stress. Okay, how do we mitigate that? Because in a waterfall process, we wouldn't touch load and stress until right near the end of the, um, the, the, the test process, by which point, if, it's, if that test fails, we're, we're too late. We haven't right. got time to make a change. So how do we take those, those types of non-functional requirements, the illity type testing, and try and say, well, which ones do we absolutely need to do as early as we can and shift left in the, in the process as possible? Um, and you know, a really good tester is the kind of person that can look at the new piece of software that's being developed and kind of try to isolate those types of things. Say, hey, we, you know, we, we could do a low test by implementing this bit early or putting these you know, testability hooks into the software. So what can we change you know, the way that we're developing our software to allow the tester to do, a, 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 do their job earlier in the process? Um, so I did have one sort of question before uh, we wrap up and um, well, I guess that one question could be two parts. So part one, um, Galassa, anything new and interesting coming up that you can and will talk about? <laughs> um, yeah. So one of the things that we are um, really working up out at the moment is um, a big demo of uh, what Galassa can do. So we're adding in some new capability. We're adding in, uh, we're going to do a big um, kind of demonstration, uh, cloud-based demonstration of, of what Galassa can do. And then we're providing a whole load of videos and content to describe these capabilities and how they all work together. Um, because as we're getting more customers starting to use Galassa, they're coming back to us and saying, hey, I, I want to do this. How do, how do I do it? Can you give me help? And so we're trying to make... Um, as much as we love working directly with customers, we want to allow the customers to be as self-directing as possible by giving them the, the digital information they need to you know, learn about the product, um, make the right choices and start to implement a good set of tests. And then of course they can come back to us with you know, e even more complex or um, even more interesting problems that they want to solve because the foundational stuff, they've got content to help them drive. So we're working on providing a whole load of new content um, that we're planning to get out by the end of this year to really help customers to be uh, to get have all the information that they need. So that's one of the big things that we're working on uh, with Galassa at the moment, um, because that will really allow us to um, free up our development cycles to do even more kind of work on the underpinnings of Galassa. Right on, right on. That's awesome. Um... So the last uh, part two of that, like, do you have any um, anything you want to add at the end? Um, we usually ask if you have anything that you would like to plug, like any new blogs, um, yes. any websites. This is the time for promotional, any any promotions, promotional content that you want to give out. Um, so I was just thinking, um, this is, you know, cut whatever um one of the questions you i hate to say this is one of the questions you might want to ask um but we did some work with neurodiverse hiring earlier on in the year um i didn't know if you wanted to ask me a question about that 
Uh, actually, I would love to ask you a question about that, as I recently have um, joined the board at the Mid-Hudson Valley um, Neurodiversity Business Resource Group here within IBM. Um, cool. There's a There's been a big push for neurodiverse hiring and, and just um, awareness around neurodiversity um, in its many forms. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you, you're doing some hiring within your team or, or no, for we, your so group? Or? We, we did. Um, last End of last year... We, start, we started working with the National Autistic Society uh, in the UK, and we ran a pilot program to hire some uh, neurodiverse individuals into the organization um, for initially a, a three-month work placement. And then um, we went ahead and we've ended up actually hire, giving them full-time roles uh, within IBM as developers. Wow. Um, that's a, that's so that's awesome. that's something we could we could quickly add on because that was a really I think that's a really good story. Um uh, especially with your your role that would kind of dovetail quite nicely. Um, oh yeah. So I'll just go back and answer the the question that um the, the self-promotional type stuff. And then do you want to go back and ask that question and then you can edit that in or how do you want to do it? Sure. Yeah. We can do that. Okay. So All right. oh yeah. okay, how do I go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. After you, after you. Oh, I was just going to say, okay, so we can probably cut off from here. So, well, I mean, as we're wrapping up, we just wanted to hear if there was anything else you wanted to talk about, anything you wanted to uh, sort of bring to the forefront to our audience before we wrap up. Oh, well, um, it would be remiss of me not to talk about Galassa.dev, which is the Mm -hmm. website for everything to do with Galassa. Um, It's it's where you can download our kind of sample. You can start to play around with the tool. You can access it. You can start to use it. Um, that's obviously a, a big thing. Um, I, I don't really have a, a personal blog. Um, I used to. I, I don't blog as much anymore, but I, I really I'm go- I, I think I should. So perhaps in the future, uh, I may have a blog, but right now, not really. Um, the only thing I really want to say is testing as a discipline, I think, is really important um and it's a really strong engineering skill to have and i would just invite any of the people listening to this if you're currently in a test role and you kind of feel that you're not really growing your potential because you're a test role test is a brilliant place to spend a career um, or it has been at least for me because from a test perspective you get to see how our users will really use the software and you get to be almost like their advocate within the development process. Now, mm-hmm. hey, um, we found I found this problem and I think a user might try and do that. And I think that's a really important place to be because you're advocating for our clients, but also you're the group of people that really understand how this software is going to get used in the real world. And there's, that's, that's an amazing, valuable skill to have because we're always going to need people to explain that in blogs and videos and articles and to go to our customers and and show them how this software actually works. So never feel that because you're a tester, you're kind of like a second rate developer because you're not. Actually, I think being in in a test engineer is an amazing career to have, but you just sometimes just have to look up a little bit and just see the wealth of opportunities around you. Very well said. Very well said. So, and, and, um, 
I guess backing it up and we'll edit that part out, but, and I also understand that, um, your group has done some work, um, with the neurodivergent community recently. Um, just a quick explanation for, um, anyone listening that does not, that is not familiar with neurodiversity. It's basically, um, it's the concept that not everybody, and I'm of course paraphrasing, that not everybody experiences and and goes through life seeing things and experiencing things the same way. Um, you know, at this point, when we're speaking about neurodiversity, we're talking about things like um, autism, ADHD, um, dyslexia, dysgraphia, and there are a, a, a myriad other of forms of neurodivergence out there. Um, and that isn't to say that everybody doesn't have their own little neurodivergent traits, but, um, you know, I, I understand, Will, that your group was doing some work with the neurodivergent community. You want to talk to us about that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has been perhaps one of the more um, amazing projects I've been involved in. So we, um, with our management team, we set up a, a four-month kind of internship for um, people within the neurodivergent community and we worked with the National Autistic Society in the UK to help um, advertise this um, this internship and to help us with the interviewing process and we worked with um, the IBM HR teams and um, our, the, the whole of the IBM community to redesign a uh, an assessment um, that we could use with uh, the neurodivergent uh, community that would help them to you know show us what they could achieve without um you know basically being as inclusive as possible and we ran this for four months and we hired two people in as um interns to work with us and during that period we, we kind of worked with them to find out you know what their key abilities were where their strengths were and at the end of it we were able to actually uh, offer them uh full-time employment positions within IBM and although that's great you know that that's that that's a, that's a great thing to be able to say it was actually working with that community um, I learned stuff about myself um, that I didn't know um, I it actually helped me to be a better communicator it actually helped me to be a better leader within our organization because it made me realize that as you as you said just then not everyone views or experiences the world in the same way that I do. And actually being willing to listen and to accommodate to how people may need to be communicated with or how, how they best work actually just helps us to all do better, better as a team because then you know, we're all, we can all bring our, you know, our honest and unique selves to work and not have to, you know, hide behind any kind of barrier or uh, any kind of um, neurodiverse condition that people may have or diagnosis they may have. It, it's been an absolutely eye-opening experience. It's been wonderful. Well, that's really excellent. Well, that's um, you know, as 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 a neurodivergent IBMer, I recently um, I recently opened up to um, my group and to my management and to the IBM community that I have an ADHD inattentive diagnosis, um, and there are absolutely things that I was quote unquote masking for for decades. It's just incredible, and 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 hearing from somebody that you know you've worked with the community and that it helped i mean that's 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 really all you can ask for right like that's just amazing that you and your your folks were 
that, to, you know, did the work and, 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 and went down that path. And I, you know, we'll have to talk after the podcast, but I'm very interested to hear about the, the interview process and things that might've changed, you know, just stuff like that. That's really, really cool. So thanks. Thanks for that. It was an amazing experience because IBM is known for its diversity and, you know, we, we do try to be as welcoming as possible to, to everyone, but actually putting some of those things into practice, it's is it's easier to say than it is to do, but mm-hmm. the value of doing it far outweighs any kind of effort that you spent doing it in the first place. Because the the two people that we we brought into the team are really now that they're they're spotting things in our software that we didn't spot. They're looking at it with a a set of eyes that are experiencing the world slightly differently, and they're bringing those differences to bear by and providing value into our business. So. It's been astonishing to to work with them, but it's also been astonishing to see the value that they can bring to our um, to our, our our family in the in the Kicks community uh, or in the Kicks um, department and the, the the work they've been able to do. That's awesome. That's so great, Will. Thanks so much for for that, and and really glad to hear about that. Um, really glad to hear about everything that's going on with Glassa and ZVTP, and just really good to catch up. Really good to catch up. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us. We appreciate you. Yeah. Ah, it's been awesome, guys. Thank you very much for having me on.